Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and to our listeners on the radio and on our podcast. Today we're looking ahead to the future of Erie County with a new county executive coming on board. My guest today is County Executive-elect Brenton Davis. Brent, some people, people call him, uh, and you are right now in the midst of the transition process, so welcome. Thanks, Lisa. So when will you be sworn into office? Should be on January 3rd. And I know you took a little time off after election day, but uh, how much are you working on this transition right now? So this is 100% full time, just like the whole last year campaigning, it's been 100% full time and uh, there's no breaks. It's time to get to work. So I know the race for county executive with Tyler Titus was a contentious one. It was close, not quite as close as some of the pundits had expected it to be. So why do you, why do you think you won? Why do you think the voters of Erie County put you in office? I think it's really, it's a, just simply a matter of vision. You know, I think the voters of Erie County are looking for stable, responsible, mature leadership with vision and the ability to execute that. I, I think the voters of Erie County want and deserve a county executive that is going to reach across the aisle, is going to be bipartisan and apolitical. It's not about the Democrats or Republicans. It's not about one particular party. And I think that message resonated through. So you're a young guy now, but you've run for office a couple of other times when your message didn't resonate through. So do you think you've matured? Do you think your additional education has made a difference? Uh, do you think people looked at you a little differently this time than they did when you ran before? Because you are a conservative. Absolutely. So, I mean, I ran once before, you know, it's, I, I was on the county executive ballot in 2017. And uh, to me, I think it's about maturation in any position. You know, I, I lost by 212 votes in the primary, so it was a close race then. And I just never stopped working for something. So I think really, I think it's part of building that resume, getting the master's in economic development. Um, and really learning the difference of going, I think I call it my transition from being a, a frustrated citizen to being a person capable of governance. And uh, I think maturation has a lot to do with that, really learning what it takes to make a government go around. So you've assembled a, a really strong transition team with a lot of names we uh, know here in the media, people who have been involved for a long time in politics or government. So uh, just taking a look here, Roger Richards, Fiore Leone, uh, John Persinger, Paris Baker, Chuck Scalise, the Reverend Kevin Nelson, we have another page here as well, uh, Mary Schaff, Dave Mitchell, Phil English, Carl Anderson, and Melanie Brewer. So uh, talk about why you put the people together that you did and the fact that this is a bipartisan group. So to me, Lisa, I think it's really, it's about that apolitical effort. And if you look at that, there's a lot of broad experience there. And each person in that category has a specific expertise that I was looking to tap into. But I look at this transition team kind of like a tree, and these folks are my trunk. And then we'll have subcommittees that branch out across from that. So that's, those are not just the same, the same people that are helping me make all the decisions. They're merely just vice chairs and cha Roger Richards, the chairman, helping guide these subcommittees to make these decisions. So we have a county government that's representative of the people, but we're also selecting experts in each field. They're gonna help us hit the ground running to handle the challenges ahead. 
So I know the entire team has met once because you let the cameras in and we have a little bit of video of that, but you say you're meeting in subcommittees, meeting on Zoom. Uh, there are some other people here in this meeting that weren't on our list, so certainly your team is a little bit bigger than we even said there. Um, so you talked about reviewing the culture and structure of county government. Uh, so what are your concerns about the structure of county government and the culture of county government? I mean, if you had to say what you meant by that statement, uh, what do you mean? So to me, I think it's a culture. I mean, one, it's a culture of leadership. In the military as an officer, when we take over a command, you know, there might be some animosities that existed from a previous leader that you need to address. You know, certain areas might have gone over, over, been overlooked, you know, maybe because that wasn't that leader's forte or maybe the situations have changed or maybe it was personality conflicts. But I think we need to look at changing the culture of governance in the sense that, you know, I think our local community, much like the rest of the nation, with the COVID pandemic, you know, there's a lot of animosities towards the leaders that had to implement mandates and made the decisions that they did. And hopefully with my administration coming in, we can look at these problems with a fresh face, you know, maybe resolve any kind of animosities with different organizations, with citizens, and, and really work to move the meter towards solving these issues. And that's really what I mean about changing the culture. What do you think the biggest issue is then? I mean, is there an accord on that transition team about what the number one problem is that you want to um, address and how you uh, put your leadership team together and how you uh, structure, how you'll run county government? So, I mean, I, I don't think there's one single issue that we can point towards. I mean, it's it, there's multiple issues and they're all fastballs and they're all thrown at us at the same time. So we need to be prepared to work at different levels with a multi-pronged approach to leadership. We need to be prepared for the pandemic. We need to get this under control. We need to increase the vaccination rates and maybe change the way we go about that with the Department of Health and selecting a new uh, Department of Health director. I think there's things in our economy that obviously the COVID pandemic is tied directly to the successes and failures of our economy. It's tied directly to keeping our kids in school and keeping them safe and making it to where parents can go to their jobs instead of like many schools now for the next 10, 12, 14 days clear into December are virtual. I mean, all those things have effects on our economies and it, and it directly comes back to that rate of vaccination. You know, it, this is a real thing, you know, as a leader, you know, this is something that you have to convey to people. And even as a Republican and a conservative, at the beginning of this, I was skeptical like anyone else. Well, here we are two years into this, and you look at the data from the hospitals, like vaccinations, that's the only thing that's going to curb this. Well, I'm gonna ask you to hold that thought, but you teed it up very nicely. When we come back, we do wanna dig a little bit into the recent COVID-19 surge and the departure of Melissa Lyon at the Erie County Health Department. So stay with us, we'll talk about that some more. Welcome back to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. My guest again is County Executive-Elect Brent Davis. We're talking about the transition from the Dahl Kemper administration to your administration. So you brought it up, but I plan to ask you about it. So let's talk about COVID-19. You're coming into office with cases, hospitalizations, and deaths surging here in Erie County. As you mentioned, several schools going remote um, until really from, from mid-November through 
the Thanksgiving holiday into the start of December. Some schools even looking now maybe it's staying remote until after Christmas. So it's strange to me that numbers are as high or higher as they were than before we had the vaccine. So how worried are you about this? I mean, last year we saw a surge after Halloween, but the surge after Halloween this year is really big considering so many people here are already vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, there, obviously there's a major concern. I mean, you, you look at the numbers and you look at the surrounding counties. I mean, Erie County, New York in the Buffalo region, they've already gone to 100% ma mask mandates in public. That went into effect today. You know, talking to other county executives in the region and across the state. Um, I was just at the CCAP for all the county commissioners and county executives, you know, yesterday. And this is a major concern. This is a major crisis everywhere. You know, it's not unique to just Erie County. And I think the only way we're going to get through this is obviously by working together, being reasonable, you know, or else we're going to look at repeating some of the major problems. I think my administration has an advantage because we've already gotten to see the last year and a half of what the COVID pandemic is. I think certain folks are kind of already adjusted to the protocols, but we still have a lot of work left to do. Yeah, how would you rate, uh, what kind of marks would you give your predecessor on handling this? Because for her administration, it was something they had never seen before. So will you have weekly briefings as Mrs. Dahlkemper had um, to keep the community informed about what's going on? in the hospitals at the health department level. So I've already met with all the three major health systems. I have another meeting here after this. And, uh, you know, they've been phenomenal at providing me with the resources and, and the data and the opportunities to see this stuff firsthand if I so choose to. Um, that's something I intend to do. You know, this is a very real thing. You know, I mean, folks are dying and you're seeing predominantly it's the unvaccinated folks that are ending up in the ICUs and on the ventilators. And they say the majority of folks with talking to some of these nurses when they go on the ventilator, it's typically not a success story. So it's interesting to hear you say we got to get more people vaccinated because obviously an issue of the campaign was whether you were or you weren't vaccinated, mm -hmm. whether you had changed your mind about the vaccine. So you you really have changed your thinking about this. Do you think that makes you a better voice to say to people who are still skeptical or say they have natural immunity or are worried that there's some kind of a chip in the vaccine. I mean, do you think you can get some of those people who we would call anti-vaxxers over that hurdle? Well, I think there's going to be a certain population of folks that, I mean, they're just not going to do it. And, you know, that's their right. That's their risk. You know, it's unfortunate. You can't make adults make a choice they don't want to make. I mean, we still have free choice. You know, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a data guy. When I, when I look at the reports these hospitals are giving me and when the vast majority of folks that are dying, that are in the ICUs, that are on the ventilators, that are taking up hospital beds due to just extreme illness, they're unvaccinated people. You know, I don't think we entirely understand because we've watched as this has evolved, it continues to evolve. You know, we have different variants. You know, and to me, I guess, you know, I have no criticisms of County Executive Dahl Kemper, you know, I mean, they had to figure this out from the ground up and I don't think anybody knew. And that's where I think a lot of the disparity comes into play and a lot of the doubt. Well, now we have two years of data. This isn't going away. So the, uh, the, the county, uh, the, the health department director, and, and we know that Erie County is one of the counties that has a health department, not every county in Pennsylvania does. So uh, Melissa Lyon announced that she's leaving just as you're coming in. So do you have a successor in that in mind for that job? Will you 
uh, promote someone from within the health department or will you look outside to bring somebody in? So as far as that goes, our transition team's still working on that. I mean, to me, it's not about making a choice. It's about making the right choice. We need to make sure that we have the right person at the helm steering this. You know, I think we've been set up for success. You know, I think the Doll Kemper administration through our transition meeting with her has been completely forthcoming, you know, in sharing those resources. Um, Director Lyon leaving, that's, you know, that's her choice to move on in her career and that happens in leadership. You know, we need to be prepared to move forward and uh, Erie County is not going to trip and fall simply because one person leaves government. There is sort of a COVID board that's been meeting behind the mm. scenes. Will that board stay in place when you come in? So I don't have any plans for any major changes. You know, I think major changes, especially in the Department of Health during the COVID crisis would be disastrous. I think we need to continue doing a lot of the things that we're doing. Uh, I think there's some minor changes that we talked about as far as, you know, the education piece and the outreach piece. We still have a lot of areas of Erie County that are less vaccinated than other areas in the county and they're at risk. Well, when we come back, we're gonna be asking the county executive elect about his vision for economic development. We hope you'll stay with us. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back to The Insider. My guest today is County Executive-Elect Brenton Davis. So you talked a lot during the campaign about attracting business. You talked about economic development. Uh, so what, in your view, is or isn't working now about the way the county is doing economic development? Because there are a number of arms of county government that are working on this problem. So I think the first thing we do, I think we need to deconflict. I think there's a lot of folks that, you know, want to fight over fiefdoms and you know there's a lot of siloing in my opinion you know and i think we need to take the ego out of government we need to you know kind of get over that this is my territory this is you know we need to work together we need to collaborate and we need to deconflict what i would call that economic development strategy so is the conflict because these different organizations are competing for different funding sources and can you <laughs> Can you really bring that all together? I think a lot of times within any organization, it's a fight for resources and it's also a fight for relevance. Um, and I think we just need to just show this, this is all for the betterment of our community. So collaboration is really going to be a big goal of mine, but also regionalism. We need to work together and collaborate across the region into the, and up into New York, across into Ohio, south towards Pittsburgh. We are that hub and we need to act as that regional leader. So, uh don't want to sound like a skeptic, but in my business, we've heard a lot about regionalism for a long time. We've heard about, you know, working together, uh, long range plans put together about how to do uh, economic development and workforce development here. So what's your transition team talking about? Can you give us any specifics about how your economic development plan structurally would look different from the way that the county is doing it now? Well, I think we have a regional perspective on things. Um, as far as like our transition team, the transition team isn't really there to focus on so much strategy as it is to help me select my administration. That is our number one goal right now, is to make sure that we have the best qualified individuals 
leading the charge for these different entities? So uh, just quickly, we know the county executive and the county council agreed on a plan to spend all the American Rescue Plan funds that are coming in. Uh, are you going to maintain that plan? And then uh, the county exec has this futures uh, concept of putting together some kind of an organization that would be working all the time to bring grant money to the county that maybe has been missed. So do you like that idea? Is that something you're going to go with? So this would be an example. So if the county does their own futures center and the city is doing their own thing, well, right now that's two different silos. So, I mean, to me, you know, Mayor Schember and I have had a conversation and uh, I think we need to look collaboratively to make sure we're not spending $2 for $1 of return for the taxpayers. That's something that we need to be mindful of moving forward. We absolutely do need to be mindful of the reporting because if you don't spend the money appropriately within those guidelines, well then Erie County taxpayers are on the hook. If you spend a million dollars the wrong way, well now we owe a million dollars to the federal government. This is a very serious thing. There's very specific guidelines. Reporting is part of it. Um, you know, we need to work through our economies of scale and make sure we have that a continuity. So that's important. So the EDDC flagship city food hall just opened. Um, it's been crowded here in the first couple of days. Uh, is this a good example in your view of how the private sector came together, put up some seed money and, and made something like this happen? And, and do you think the Opportunity Zones legislation is, is going to go forward? Because this may not have gone as well as it did without that. So absolutely, the Opportunity Zones, I mean, it's an imperative to our success and failure. I mean, it's a big driver, could be a big driver to our economy. You know, I went to the soft opening and I, I spoke with a few of the investors that put forward the $70 million to make this particular initiative possible. You know, we're still in talks with these folks and they have a big fund and there's other funds like it. We're already in talks with similar organizations to bring more investment here because of this. So, I mean, to me, there's a lot of things in transition that we're working on and that's, this is a prime example of how we're already getting to work. So the, yeah, that was me tasting something there. So the plastic recycling plan has been somewhat of a, a hot button. Uh, do you support that? And do you think that's gonna go forward? So 100%, you know, Mitch Hecht and I have had conversations and uh, the plastics recycling plant, that's something I'm 100% behind. I mean, we can't turn away investment. I mean, I don't know how anyone could be skeptical of recycling. I mean, this is a, this is a green initiative. And if you look at the grants that are being put forward by Penn State Barron and a collaborative with Gannon with plastics recycling, the water pollution. Erie, or Erie Lake Erie and Erie County are the perfect petri dish for looking at the global plastics pollution issue in the world as far as plastics in the ocean due to how shallow Lake Erie is. And there's a lot of initiatives, there's a lot of funding, and there's a lot of federal funding behind research. And that's one of the tenets that we do need to drive towards as far as these federal investments. Research communities tend to thrive. Well, when we come back, we have a lot more to talk about. Who will be the key players in the Davis administration and how will Davis get along with council? We'll talk about that next. We're back with County Exec-Elect Brenton Davis. So any key people staying on from the Dahl Kemper administration, have you asked them to and will they? 
So Lisa, my administration, we're currently looking at government from top to bottom. Again, kind of like we talked about earlier in the segment is, you know, major changes in certain roles do have the attempt, the, I guess the effects to be massive, positive or negative. So, I mean, I'm mindful of major changes. Um, I think realistically it's customary for the, the administration office to turn over to implement your own people. But as far as department heads and the different directors, you know, everybody's going to get a fair shake under my administration. I fully intend to interview every single one of them. Not a single one of them is a guaranteed a job, but none of them has a pink slip in my opinion. You know, it's a fair shake for everyone. So have you chosen a director of administration and will you keep the position of a director of administration? So I, I have elected to keep that position and I have elected somebody which we will probably announce on December 3rd. You're not going to break that here today? Not going to break that here today. <laughs> All right, quickly, getting along with county council. There's some turnover on council. Uh, Carl Anderson and Kathy Dahlkemper have had friction even in these last days over appointments. How, how will you avoid having friction with council? So I guess the advantage that I've had is that I've been at this for five years and, you know, I've really worked hard to build these relationships. Like, you know, I just attended CCAP with a majority of council, you know, and County Executive Dahl Kemper and outgoing council chairman Carl Anderson, you know, and they've all been nothing but forthcoming, you know, so I'm fully intending to glean all the information that I can from Kathy and Carl and all the folks at Fiore Leone that have served, like to me, 100% I don't want any ego in the room. I mean, that's really my goal. And I know that's going to be a challenge, but I believe we have a council that's really looking towards the betterment of Erie County. And I look forward to working with them to move the meter. Uh, just really quickly, we could probably spend a whole program on this, but you talked about changing your vaccine view. You also changed your community college view. You're at least supporting it now, but what do you hear about how it's going and how closely will you be watching that? So, you know, like anything, I mean, it's, it's a driver for economic development, it's a driver for workforce development. You know, I gave Dr. Gray my commitment for this next four years to make this initiative. Like, this is the nature of democracy. As the county executive, you know, I'm, I'm not a king, I'm not crowned, I'm an elected member working for the people. And the due process took place at the community college. And as a leader, you're not always going to get what you want. But now I look at it, the people have spoken. This is the initiative that came out the other end. It needs to be supported. And you know, that's, that, that is how government works. It's time to close ranks. The election took place. The people chose me to lead. The, the community college is a reality. Well, now we need to make it the best initiative that it possibly can be. All right, last minute, last question. What are you most looking forward to about starting this new job? You know, just finally getting to work. You know, it's been five years in the making. And, you know, we're already out here hitting the ground running. You know, I look forward to just being a tireless advocate for Erie County and solving the issues as they come forward. Last chance to tell me who your director of administration will be? December 3rd. <laughs> All right. Brent Davis, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on thank winning the you. race. We look thank forward you. to seeing how the transition team uh, does its work. And again, you'll be sworn in after the first of the year. Well, as always, thank you for joining us here on Erie News Now. If you have an idea you'd like us to explore, just email me at erienewsnow.com, l.adams at erienewsnow.com, and join us again next time for The Insider. Thank you.